Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Wednesday, March 30th. Coming up, why does Kansas City's police department have so few black officers? A new Kansas City Star investigation found some troubling answers. But first, some headlines. Kansas City officials have confirmed a new COVID-19 variant is spreading in the city, although so far case numbers are still going down. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. The metro area is averaging just 65 new COVID cases per day, the lowest rate since June of last year. Hospitalizations are on a steady decline as well. Officials say they've identified the new BA2 Omicron variant, which has driven surges of cases in Europe in several local wastewater sites. However, this has not caused an increase in cases yet. Experts say that vaccinations and immunity developed as a result of the recent winter COVID surge may be preventing the BA2 variant from spreading quickly. The Kansas City Chiefs are reportedly considering sites for a new stadium in Kansas. But KCUR's Lisa Rodriguez reports officials on the Missouri side of the state line are saying not so fast. The idea was first reported by Kevin Clark, who covers the NFL for The Ringer. It apparently came from Chiefs president Mark Donovan, who's in Florida for annual NFL owners meetings. According to Clark, Donovan said real estate developers have pitched the team on options for a stadium in Kansas. The Chiefs lease at the Truman Sports Complex in Jackson County doesn't expire until 2031. Jackson County Executive Frank White said in a statement that he looks forward to making sure the team stays in Jackson County for, quote, decades to come. Arrowhead Stadium has been home to the Chiefs since 1972. Donovan's comments come as the Royals have been considering a downtown stadium. Kansas City's River Market might start charging more for parking. KCUR's Carlos Moreno reports. Currently, it costs a dollar to park during a weekday in the River Market area. Parking on weekends is free. Starting in May, however, the city may start charging a flat fee of $10 a day for weekend parking, but this cost has not been finalized. The city's parking program manager, Matthew Muckenthaler, says the entire parking system needs an overhaul. In similar-sized metros, the industry average is about $1,500 in revenue from a parking spot. Kansas City generates only around $500 for the same space. A Kansas bill aimed at blocking cities and counties from adopting policies that opponents say make them havens for undocumented immigrants could soon be on its way to the governor. Jim McLean of the Kansas News Service has more. The bill would nullify policies adopted by a handful of Kansas cities that limit police cooperation with federal immigration authorities. But it specifically targets Wyandotte County's recently adopted safe and welcoming ordinance. Judy Ansel is part of a coalition that pushed for the ordinance. She says Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt and Republican lawmakers are targeting it for political reasons. In no way does the ordinance stop the police from fighting crime. Yet I hear that proponents of this bill are doing a lot of fear-mongering about immigrants. Ansel says undocumented people need the special ID cards authorized by the ordinance to access services. But supporters of the bill want to make sure the cards can't be used for official purposes like voting. The bill has passed the House. The Senate is expected to vote on it this week. 
This past weekend, the Kansas City Star published a year-long investigation into racism against Black officers at the Kansas City Police Department. Black police officers told the Star they experienced racist bullying from coworkers and were unfairly treated during training. The story found that less than 12% of officers are Black, compared to 30% of Kansas City's population, and at least 18 Black officers had quit due to discrimination at the department. Glenn Rice is an investigative reporter at the Star who worked on the story. He joined me over Zoom to talk about what else he found. We did have some technical difficulties, so you may notice the audio quality changes about halfway through this conversation. Can you tell me why did the Star choose to do this story? I've been covering uh, police department for quite some time and just noticed that a lot of black officers were leaving the department. Uh, they would come in and only survive only a couple of years. So I just wanted to look at uh, several academy classes and to see, jot down names and see what officers uh, had joined within a certain year and then go back to the department and find out what happened to them and if possible, go and interview them and find out what their experiences were like. So uh, the department did not allow, give us access to uh, the uh, academy photos, but I was able to talk with uh, several police officers uh, who I knew, those who had who were currently with the department and those who left the department and just began to uh, look at officers who were uh, who left. And I found out that in many cases uh, they were forced out. They termed the phrase papered out in which they uh, receive discipline levels at a rate that's considerably high, un- often unfair, opposed to their white counterparts. And uh, they left. And uh, and so you you saw a lot of them walking out the door. And a lot of these black officers were from the urban core of Kansas City. They had run-ins with police when they were younger and wanted to do something different. They wanted to be a part of the solution. And then they came to the department and was treated unfairly. So what kind of experiences have black officers had in the Kansas City Police Department? Well, you know, we spoke with several officers. One uh, gentleman we focused in on, a guy named Scott Wells, uh, who had been in the department for a number of years. Another young man who grew up in urban court, Kansas City, went to college, came back, uh, wanted to become a police officer, did so. Uh, over the years, he developed diabetes. Uh, his supervisors were white, would berate him for small infractions like leaving a soda cup in a police van or or, or having the radio station tuned to uh, one of the black radio stations in town. Uh, one of his supervisors told him, you wouldn't have diabetes if you didn't eat all that fried chicken. And the supervisor never saw him eat chicken, let alone fried chicken. And, uh, you know, also when the weather became cold you know the officer does have diabetes and and it if the cold weather affects his extremities and so his feet and so the supervisor would say well it's winter time so i guess uh, scott you'll be on the desk duty because your feet will be get too cold or something to that effect so things of that nature uh the the big the big thing too was uh, this thing called the beard policy uh that was enacted in march of 2020 in which uh officers were forced to be clean shaven well if you're a black officer 
you can't shave every day. If you're a black person, black man, you can't shave every day. You get ingrown hairs in your face. You get bumps. You get scarring. Uh, inflammation is very painful. And so uh, they were still required to be clean shaven, to have the N95 mask fit over their faces. Uh, you know, there's some belief that you don't have to be totally clean shaven, but it does help. And so uh, even with that, the black officers either were disciplined or face discipline if they didn't shave, but yet they saw white officers walk around with full beards and didn't receive the same level of discipline. So, Current police chief Rick Smith will retire next month. Uh, what do black officers say about him and how does he compare to the previous chief, Daryl Forte? One uh, officer said it went from comparing Smith and Forte is like going from Obama to Trump. Uh, black officers felt that uh, Smith didn't have their back. In Forte, they had an ally, somebody who had the same level of experiences that they had, who was really trying to make the inroads and changes and just the culture within the department. Well, anything that Forte did, they said Smith uh, rescinded, uh, that it was more of a hostile environment where Smith uh, routinely protected white officers accused of uh, more serious crimes, like uh, killing uh, uh, someone or or uh, using excessive use of force. So uh, they weren't given the same privilege where minor infractions were amplified and they received much harsher uh, discipline and treatment. How has the police department responded to this story? Well, uh, when we began the the reporting of it, um, we obviously requested a sit-down interview with the chief and someone from the media office, but those uh, repeated requests were denied. And we were told that the only way that they would respond would be if we send them questions in writing. We send them about 30 questions. They send us in response a a five sentence paragraph. So they have not responded directly to to our findings, although they knew everything that that was going to be in in the project prior to it, because we asked them questions about everything. Any allegations from an officer that we received, we uh, asked the department to respond to it. The story was published over the weekend. What has the public response to it been? I think a lot of people are shocked, uh, angry, upset. I believe there may be some some response to it from community leaders, from the clergy, uh, from activists, maybe even from city council. But uh, a lot of you know positive feedback in terms of in terms of exposing the issues that underlie within the department. Black officers have called me, emailed me, texted me. Uh, thanking me for telling their story. Uh, there's a lot more to be done. This is probably only the tip of the iceberg of what's going on there. So have there been any solutions proposed to the discrimination in the police force? Uh, I imagine that there have been or it will be. I mean, obviously, the department says it, it, it values an inclusive department, but uh, I would... I don't I don't know what they're doing internally. So they didn't answer that question. So, no, I don't know. That was investigative reporter Glenn Rice of the Kansas City Star. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news stories from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org, where you can also hear our live stream. Tomorrow, we'll hear how schools are scrambling to find funding for meals now that federal pandemic relief is expiring. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.